This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girlbomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining. Keep being you and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. It's 11.58 p.m. back in Roswell, New Mexico, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello and welcome to Night Call, a call-in show for our dystopian reality. I'm Emily Yoshida. I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. And with me on the other line are... Molly Lambert and... Tess Lynch here in LA. Hello. Hi, guys. This is the Night Call finale spectacular. We have a lot of stuff planned for this episode. A lot of calls. More calls than ever. Um... It it's it. We got so much feedback from you guys after we announced that we were uh, ending the show, and it you know really moved all of us. We were very grateful to all of the calls, all the emails we got from everybody, and so this episode is dedicated to y'all. We love you guys, and we're this has been such an adventure and such a ride to do this podcast, and so we want to send it off into the night proper. How are you guys feeling? <laughs> uh, um, you know, I think it was such a great idea to do a call-in show. And I think, Emily, that was maybe your idea. I don't know if I would ever want to do a podcast that didn't have call-ins because one of the coolest things about this show has been that we have gotten to know so many people. Like, we got calls from all over the globe. We got 
serialized ghost stories, true ghost stories, which we'll talk more about later. And I just think we have a really amazing group of listeners who have supported this show. And it's it's really fun to have gotten to know them. And we will take you with us. <laughs> yeah, this show has been like a magnet for like such a specific kind of weirdo attuned totally. to our our collective frequencies that the the people that we've heard from, the people that we've met at live events, like all of the above has just been, I don't know, It's it feels like a very special and unique little thing that happened. And I don't know, I'm very grateful that it happened. It was almost three years, three years in February. Uh, yeah, our first episode, I have to scroll all the way back in, in my iTunes. Uh, yeah, February 5th, 2018 was the debut Night Call episode. So, yeah. Where did the time go? I mean, especially in the last few months. Like, it could have been five years. Who knows? I feel like we've just been doing a podcast for, like, just an infinite amount of time. And then sometimes the frequency tunes in. There was always a podcast there. Um, Yeah. So, we are going to play a lot of your calls this week. And... Still take some of your questions. We're still answering questions out here. Um, so yeah, do you guys want to? Do you guys want to open up the the voicemail bag? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, ladies. Um, it's Talon. I just wanted to call and say congratulations on a great run. I am going to miss the podcast very, very much, but I know that you know it's happening. This is happening for a reason, and I'm. Really excited to um, see whatever you are all up to next. And I do have a question about um, an important topic to me um, that I need y'all's perspective on, which is what show is better, Cheers or Frasier? Because I watched all of Cheers from like, March to, I don't really know when I finished, maybe like June or July um, earlier this year. And I haven't really been able to get into Frasier in the same way. Obviously, there are quite different shows, even if one is, you know, a spinoff of the other. And so I wanted to know... um for your money, which is better and why. Yeah, that's about it. So um, take good care and thank you for the fun, fun times. Bye. It's the question for Great the ages, question. honestly. I know. I feel like maybe we've been always tiptoeing around this question because we're too cowardly to answer it. Um. I'm not. I think <laughs> Cheers is better. Um, no question. Cheers is a better show. And more beloved for a reason. I don't think it would be possible for a spinoff to surpass the original. Although if anyone can think of any counterexamples, please let us know. There are a lot of spinoffs that are like not really known as spinoffs that have their own life. That like, And I feel like Frasier is on, on the cusp of that. Like it's mm-hmm. almost completely broken off from the host being. Even looking at the Happy Days universe, mm-hmm. like... We can all agree that Happy Days is a more important show than Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley. There are like five other Happy Days spinoffs. Joni Loves Chachi. Mork and Mindy was a Happy Days spinoff? Yes. Really? Yes. There's like an episode where an alien comes to Happy Days. 
and it's Mork. What? People were doing a lot of drugs in the 1970s. <laughs> I watched the shit out of Mork and Mindy. Everybody loved Mork and Mindy. Actually, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mork and Mindy is more beloved than... It's certainly beloved by the people it's beloved among. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to my point, I think Cheers is better. <laughs> and, and, and so you think it's better purely by the the rule of the original can never be surpassed by a spinoff? Or what are the qualities specifically that you think make it better? I mean, I think Cheers is probably just the best sitcom of all time. It's like very funny. It's very dark sometimes. It's very emotional. It's like before sitcoms turned into like, there's a hug and a lesson at the end always. It's like, because I didn't, before I saw Cheers, I was like, why would anybody watch a show about a bunch of alcoholics hanging out in a bar? That sounds really depressing. And then I lived on the East Coast and understood why people hang out in bars. But also, I watched Cheers and was like, oh, it knows it's depressing. It's a show about broken people. And that's what makes it great. It's it's one of those ones that you understand it more deeply uh, as you get older, or it has more pathos as you get older. Because before, it's just like grown-ups hanging out at a bar, which is a grown-up place. Seems like fun. And <laughs> You could be friends with a mailman. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I think Frasier's also a good show on its own terms. And I think we all agree that it's like more of a nostalgia thing necessarily than that it's the greatest show of all time. Oh, I would disagree with that. I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but I think in every revisit that I do of Frasier, I'm impressed with how technically great it is. Okay, Frasier. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i just reminded of this tweet that, hello Cullen on Twitter, but he did this tweet that is, I am a psychiatrist. I moved from Boston, where I went to a bar every day, to Seattle, where I don't go to no bars. I'm on the radio now, even though I never did that before. How did I get this job? How did I even hear about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't go to a bar because he goes to Cafe Nervosa. It's clearly a one-to-one swap. And he, like, joined a wine club instead. He, like, he doesn't go to a dirty, you know, basement bar in He Boston grew up. Anymore. Yeah. He grew up. <laughs> Emily, would you argue that it's, that Frasier's better? I, so better is a hard thing to say. I think, well, there's a lot, I think there's a bit more of Cheers than there is of Frasier. And, and Cheers is just a richer ensemble. Like, Cheers is more like there's truly something for everybody in it, which I think is a really good argument. To, to make it, if not the best sitcom of all time, at least a better sitcom than Frasier. Frasier is one note that is just like... Really good. Extremely well done and extremely itself and commits to this bit and actually finds like, gets a lot of mileage out of what sh- like a lot of shows would only get like a season out of. Like, you know, it, it, totally. fancy pants and more fancy pants versus a uh, crooked cop dad <laughs> um, and a dog. But I think like, I guess in terms of like, I just think that Cheers could never be replicated again. And I just think that Frasier is something that is like the best version of something that I wish happened more often, you know, in, in sitcoms. Frasier is like opera. Yes. And that's why I love it. Uh, it's just so silly. Yeah. And I love all the like mistaken door knocking farce episodes at the ski lodge. It's very, it hits those, those notes. 
Yeah. Like I grew up watching like Marx Brothers movies and stuff when I was a kid. My mom was early into Marx Brothers. So we would like rent the VHSs from the library. And so like getting into Frasier, which I also probably was into at the same time, it just felt like, you know, it, it one led to the other. And it's all kind of borderline slapstick, but still really verbally driven. I don't know. I love Frasier a lot. I won't, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say it's better than Cheers, but I think I've probably watched it more and that for whatever that's worth. So, uh, yeah, okay, fine. I'm going to say it's better than Cheers just to make it interesting. Yeah, come on, take a stand so that <laughs> yeah. Tess has to be the tiebreaker, her favorite position to take. Oh, God. Um, here's my my take on this is that Cheers is a gumbo and Frasier is a consomme. And you can't ever choose. You can't ever choose which is better because they belong to entirely different moods and stages oh, what of life. A good answer. Why? Thank you. Diplomatic. Diplomatic as ever. Um, I I think like in general, I go back to Cheers more because it has more texture and more depth. But I agree with Emily that Frasier is kind of like. I, there, there is something kind of like operatic or whatever. It's, it does its thing so well, and it exceeds your expectations. If your expectations are that it will kind of like start to go soft or whatever, it like it doesn't ever disappoint. In the way that when I first started watching Frasier, I was like, I'm going to be so sick of all of these people. Yeah. So I was kind of amazed. I was like, wow, they yeah. really hooked me. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's an ambient vibe. Like it, you know, it puts you in a. It kind of alters your your state of mind a little bit. I've been watching some Star Trek Next Generation with my mom out here. And it's like, I realize how much, they're very similar design vibes too, but the bridge of the Enterprise, well, like the whole Enterprise and and Fraser's apartment are like so embedded in my brain as just like a place I want to be mentally. Oh, <laughs> like, at I all times. was watching Girlfriends because it came on Netflix finally. Oh, yeah. um, and Girlfriends... Is like so similar to Frasier in many ways, um, and it's produced by Kelsey Grammer, which I had forgotten. Except oh, yeah. then he comes in an episode as himself. So <laughs> Joan weird. is like, "Wow, it's TV's Kelsey Grammer." <laughs> <laughs> um, but Joan's a, a house in Girlfriends that they spend all of the time in the show in. Because it's like a beautiful craftsman house in Pasadena that is owned by like a 28-year-old lawyer or whatever. Sure. Um, <laughs> in, sit- in wonderful sitcom logic. Uh, it reminds me so much of Frasier's apartment. And then somebody was like, oh, well, they're set designed by the same person. Oh. Um, the person great. who did the set design on Frasier also did the set design on Girlfriends. And Girlfriends has a lot of also just like dinner party farce and stuff and slapstick. So... That's yeah. my other recommendation. If you like Cheers and Frasier, watch Girlfriends. Well, speaking of our favorite media hobby horses of the 80s, uh, we also have a night email from Batia who writes to us, I can tell how much I'll miss the podcast by the fact that upon learning the following bit of Big Chill trivia, y'all were the first people who came to mind as the correct audience for it. So before it's too late, here goes. Lawrence Kasdan and Kathy Geiswhite have been friends going back to their time together in Michigan, and she would regularly include references to his movies in Kathy comics. So, who in the big chill is Kathy? It's got to be Meg, right? 
And two, is it too much of a stretch to say that there's some crossover between the two? Something about the cognitive dissonance with regard to the adulthood you expected and the one you have? This is completely new information to me. So <laughs> thank you, Batia. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, this blew my mind. <laughs> I'm very surprised at this. I this am is not. also it's totally like a college paper that one of us would have written. Um, right. In this, <laughs> Connecting in this paper, the I will. Yeah. <laughs> right. It would have been like bourgeois affectations of baby boomers and like ack. Mm. Yeah. Did you see a um, friend of the pod, Amy Nicholson, uh, got this shirt that like C- Kathy Guyswhite has been selling like dead stock of Kathy merchandise from her personal website, which I tried to find. I need to text Amy and find out where exactly this this is. But um, these incredible vintage Kathy shirts, she's still around. She's still- Kathy Guyswhite is an amazing person. So yeah. it totally made sense to me. That. Well, it's also interesting. She and Lawrence Kasdan are like these people who, yeah, they also like they made their artistic hobby into their career and made it like a profitable real career. They are the big chill. Mm-hmm. I watched a documentary for Grantland about comic strip people and she was featured in it. And I just found out that Kathy was like a very pioneering comic strip. Like there were not a lot of comic strips written by women. It was the Murphy Brown of the Sunday Funnies. (laughs) It truly was. And also I learned from the documentary that she is like very skinny and pretty in real life. And the comic is all like her projection of her insecure self. Um, It seemed like she definitely struggled with some eating issues. All stuff that you can get from the comic but you're like, oh, there's like a real person in this comic who's very interesting yeah, and uh, would totally be a character in the big chill. Yeah. No, she's um, she was hot. Uh, <laughs> she's like very uh, she looks like she could just like walk into the kitchen and big chill. She doesn't look like Kathy. Is no, the no. surprising I have to look thing. her up now. Look her up. She looks like a, like the ultimate 70s woman who's totally yeah. like would be in the big chill. Yeah. Um so yeah, I was like I'm not surprised that she and Lawrence Kasdan had a, you know, a, a close friendship. Yeah. Lived in the co-op together. Oh, so she's just like peak boomer. She was born in 1950. September 5th, 1950. She's a Virgo. Um, yeah, it's just interesting because like Kathy is this comic that people used to make fun of women or it became just sort of like all these right, cliches about like women be shopping, yeah, dieting. But watching this documentary, you're like, oh, yeah, none of this stuff had like been in a comic before. It was very groundbreaking yeah. at the time. And just like a lot of men's underground comics are about putting all of your weird id and sexual neurosis into a comic. And when you see like a woman do it, it can be really uncomfortable in the case of Kathy. Cause you're like, Kathy, just love yourself. Yeah. Kathy, we love you. <laughs> well, thank you, Batia, for the email. Uh, thanks for also bringing big chill into our final episode. Cause we, we couldn't get through this finale. So who do you think Kathy is in the big chill? I don't know. This stumps me. Somebody, she said Meg, obviously. Do you think she's Meg? Is that Mary Kay Place? That's that's what yeah. I also, I was like, they all, in my mind, they have no names anymore in the Big Chill. Their <laughs> names are, their actor names. Uh, all right. Who is she? I think she might be 
Glenn Close's character? No? I th- I think she's closer to Mary Kay Place. Yeah. Because uh, she I wants mean, to have it all. She's a career yeah. lady, but she wants yeah. a baby. Yeah. All right, so she's she's Mary more Kay, yeah. neurotic, I think. Maybe. But they're all neurotic. Yeah, but she wears it on the outside a little more. I don't know. Could she be the one who's married to Robert or whatever his name is? <laughs> but now I wonder, you know, like, like, as you were saying, like, you know, Kathy does not give off the vibe that you would expect the creator of Kathy to give off. And I wonder, you know. I was picturing that Onion article that's like Jean whatever. It's like a column by a woman named Jean that was always on the onion and she uh-huh. it was like a stock photo, but it looked that is what I picture Kathy looking like. <laughs> so yeah, then she looks like, you know, Jill Clayburg and you're like, oh, this is complicated. Right. Yeah, like Lawrence Kasdan's impression of her and how he would like quote unquote write her into a movie might be different than how she would write herself, or probably it's definitely different than how she would write herself. So um yeah. I don't know, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Mary Kate Place. I'll go with that because I've already revealed how little of Kathy I know. (laughs) Absorbed no Kathy. Rolled right off my back. It was just, it was just there for her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But very different legacies. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply.
Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. So let's open up the voice mailbox again, shall we? Let's do it. Hi, my name is Dan. Uh, I live outside of Chicago. Longtime fan going back to the girls in hoodies days. Um, really sorry to hear the show's ending. Um, and I meant to call you uh, months ago. I went to summer camp with Whitley Strieber's son. Uh, it was a performing arts camp uh, in upstate New York called Long Lake. I unfortunately can't remember his name. It was the summer after eighth grade um, when I went there. And we were in a performance of Oklahoma together. He was curly and I was Judd, which meant that we uh, duetted uh, Poor Judd is Dead together. So that was an experience. Um, I didn't necessarily, like, I, I, think I, I think I was familiar with communion at the time, and I remember some of the other campers um, referencing who he was and who his father was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made it pretty clear that uh, he didn't necessarily want to talk about that, so I never brought it up to him. He was a really good guy, really nice guy. Um, but I thought you'd get a kick out of hearing that, uh, you know, I was in Oklahoma um, with Whitley Strieber's son. Uh, this was back in, like, 19, summer of 93, I think, so I'm dating myself. Anyway, I thought you'd like to hear that story. Again, really sorry to hear that the, uh, the pod is ending, um, and I hope to see all of the wonderful things that you all go on to do in the future. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Michael. This is Patrick, and it's about uh, 10.30 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I just wanted to give a call because I've been a fan of you guys since the Joan Quigley episode of uh, Behind the Bastards. It's just, you know, it's sad to see it come to an end, but I am hopeful that I'll hear from you guys again. I guess the only thing else I have to say is I wish you guys would have talked about cryptids. Uh, living in the Midwest, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, there's hundreds of roads that you don't go down because there's some type of axe murder or my personal favorite is the dog man of Michigan. But yeah, I hope all the best for all you guys and I'll see you in the future. Bye. Ahem. Ahem. <laughs> we have talked so much about cryptids that you, you must peruse our archive. I personally... I think we all agreed that maybe the most cryptid heavy episode was when we had Dan Hernandez on the podcast. Uh, yeah. He had some really good insider cryptid knowledge because his dad is a cryptozoologist who went on a big uh, adventure to try and find cryptids that was then, wasn't it like derailed by a hurricane or something? His plans were thwarted. Yeah, they couldn't take the boat out. Yeah, which I recommend that. But also cryptids have been on my mind recently because I get these like news, local news emails. And there's this one person who lives in my neighborhood who uh, like every few weeks sends out the same like email that basically is asking if anyone has seen Bigfoot in Griffith Park 
And he keeps describing a night five years ago where he swears he saw Bigfoot. And of course, this starts happening right when we were taking a break. And now we're ending the show. And I was like, this is a local mystery I could solve on Night Call. Oh, my gosh. We really, we haven't ruled out the possibility of coming back for some Night Call super specials. Cryptid super special. Far off future. Maybe we'll do some kind of one-off mystery solving. Yeah. You can get on the case, a private detective agency. I know Tess is going to start researching this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> as as I do. Yeah, maybe this is just your next show. I probably. Well, the stay-at-home order is kind of like destroying my plans to... You can uh, still go to the park. Well, it, it's so confusing, the stay-at-home orders in LA. It's oh, like it's you so can't confusing. leave your house unless you're going to the mall. And if you're at the mall, you can walk. But if you're at your house, you can't leave your house on foot, bike, or by car unless you need to go shopping at a store. (laughs) Alyssa Walker, friend of the pod, had a good tweet where she was like, can't see my niece and nephew at the playground, so I'm going to meet them at a tattoo parlor. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this just also sounds like Under the Silver Lake. Yes, my favorite film of all time. Yes. I'm looking now that so if you go back, this is just you know uh, news you can use. I think it's listed as uh, it's on 73 on iTunes. I don't know what that number means honestly because it counts down from the most recent to now. But it's from May 6, 2019. If you love the Krebs cycle with Dan Hernandez, there's so much cryptid talk in there, and I'm <laughs> there are so many other ones too. I mean, w- w- is that the one where we talked about the um, what's it called? The squ- the squid. What are they the called? The squonk. The squonk. Was that the squonk talk? I think squonk made it. We've talked about the squonk a few times yeah. over the years. I'm sorry for only realizing at uh, the very end of the podcast that a good thing to do is to put the topics in the title of the episode so that people can find it. Um, but yeah, they're in the descriptions generally, and we definitely talked about cryptids. A time or two, so yeah. If, if yeah, if you, you want to go back and and rediscover it, you know, with I think you'll be happy. I think you'll be happy, Patrick. <laughs> we I can't remember if it was when we. I think Molly and I were on Creature Feature podcast with Katie Golden. Oh yeah, I think we talked about cryptids there as well. We also perhaps. had Colin Dickey on for an entire Sasquatch episode. Boom. There yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. With the, um, I mean, I think that was a bonus episode, right? That was a Patreon episode. But if you want to listen to the episode with the second Colin Dickey episode, um, yeah, we talked about the whole Bigfoot CIA Jimmy Stewart connection. Uh, I think that was when we did a, we did a, um, chat for skylight with him which felt like a podcast because it was in uh it was during lockdown so anytime you get on zoom with a mic it feels like you're doing a podcast but i think i think that was for skylight but i i'm sure that they have that saved somewhere to skylight books we did a molly and i did a chat with colin dickey for skylight uh about his his book the unidentified which is extremely night call and uh highly recommended and uh highly recommended if you're missing the pod um all the books from the book club are are still out there. To yeah, be yeah. Consumed, but especially that one. Yeah, I definitely get all the podcasting and just regular zooming I've been doing mixed up. They just oh totally affixed <laughs> mics to our heads at the beginning. It's just Clockwork Orange style, and we're just yeah. broadcasting somewhere all the time. 
there's plenty to discover, Patrick. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that will sate your your desire for cryptid chat. Speaking of the unidentified, I feel like we should probably discuss this freaking monolith that's been popping up all yes. over the world. Because it popped up when we were off last week, and it just feels like such bait for us. Um, and we obviously got a lot of tweets and 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 people wanting us to talk about this. Um, and it feels a little bit like just weird timing that it's again that it's going on as soon as we're we're ending the show. But uh, what do you, what do you guys think of this monolith? You mean these monoliths? These monoliths. The yeah. There's three. Didn't the one, one in Utah disappear and people were saying like, oh, it reappeared in Romania? Am I... I think they're three separate monoliths. I don't even know about the third one. I have a spoiler on the first one, but... Spoil away. Well, it's like the most boring thing it could be is that Westworld was filming nearby. So people think it was a prank by some Westworld set deck people. And yeah, I mean, human hands were clearly involved. It did mm-hmm. not have the markings of an alien thing where you can't tell how it got there at all. They were like, this is clearly like somebody drilled here and... Maybe an alien drilled there. Maybe, but I just feel like it being a, a Westworld thing is is uh, the dumbest thing it could be. So, Yeah, I mean... Would they still seek that kind of, I don't know. I guess guess. actually we were off the pod too when I got really into Stonehenge in the last couple of weeks. Oh, I think you talked about Stonehenge. Maybe that was also a bonus episode. Or just me talking to you and being like, yo, we got to talk about Stonehenge. (laughs) That could be. (laughs) There's a bunch of National Geographic specials uh, on Disney Plus that I watch that are about ancient monoliths. Uh, and some of the stuff we've been talking about, mounds, ancient yeah. burial sites. Uh, mounds and reds. And yeah. they're all really cool. Um, but some of that stuff, too, it's like they still don't 100% know how it was done. Right. Which is why they say it's ancient aliens. This, they're just like, this was made out of aluminum and well and like welded. And then the Romanian one is allegedly more poorly welded. Yeah. I am like number one would love to believe in the the like it just being like a glitch in the matrix or something or you know that we're about to enter uh the next phase of human evolution or whatever (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of big daddy monolith uh dropping down (laughs) uh on earth but yeah it felt it as soon as the one popped up and i think if it was just the single one in utah I think I could be pleasantly mystified by it, but I think mm-hmm. that it continued to have, it's like this continuing story that's been picked up. It just feels a little orchestrated. It feels like, do you guys remember, I was really, like, this is such an early, I mean, not early, early internet, but like middle middle internet uh, mystery. Do you remember this? And this is like an artist that exists now, but there was like a YouTube account called I am, am I, who am I? Do, do you guys remember seeing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was big on, oh no, they didn't. They were like convinced it was Christina Aguilera, but then it was just a random person. Yeah, it was just like a random like European singer songwriter or something it was very people thought it was gaga and this was like kind of early in gaga being around but they were these very kind of evocative music videos with 
um, like kind of snippets of songs and then some animal would show up somewhere in the middle of it. And they would come out like every couple of weeks. And I remember whatever job I had at the time, we were all super into it and like, oh, what's the next one? Like, you know, do we have another clue? And then it's just like a marketing campaign for an artist that I never ended up caring about, really. I still get like press releases for I am, am I, who am I, or whatever her name is now. Um, But yeah, so it's like, you know, you get burned once, which is not even really being burned. It's just like somebody doing something interesting, but somebody doing a little project is not, you know, it it can be fun, but it's not as fun as a real monolith. Right. (laughs) From aliens. Yes, from aliens. (laughs) Yeah. So my son, who um, I've been tweeting about because he's making websites and I just like can't handle that he's that old that he's making websites but I told him about the monolith and he he was very certain that it was people basically doing IRL uh easter eggs because everyone's been kind of like driven so insane and bored by quarantine that he thought it was someone like making life more video game like and I was like, that's great. I really want to believe that. But Molly's Westworld thing, like, yeah, that that also sounds reasonable. I wish I weren't so cynical. Yeah. And I wish I just thought it was aliens. Could we have a <laughs> real monolith as a treat? Like, come on. As a treat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it reminds me of the uh, random nodding that we talked about earlier. Um, but if it's a marketing thing that, again, like that just makes it less fun. It's also like, if it's just a person doing a random thing just sort of a disruptive thing with no purpose like just in and for for its own ends um that's also interesting and kind of cool i think yeah um and mysterious because you know it doesn't end in commerce uh it makes me want to do that because i am so bored that i want (laughs) to i want there to be like more to chew on mentally uh, and it made me think, like, what would I put in random places for people to think was placed there by aliens? I feel like I, when I was a kid and, like, playing in the woods and around in Tacoma, like, we would always, this is, like, before Blair Witch, but we would always, like, put up scary, ominous, like, stick figures and stuff to scare people if you're running around just to, like, be like, oh, my, and then, and then you know, walk up to be like, oh, my God, what's that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so are you the dog man of the woods? <laughs> yes, I'm the original dog man. It's been so long, guys. I'm the squonk. Tess is going to go looking for the wolf man and just find you. I'm going to find you yeah. in the woods. In the Anna tent. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's that on Monolith. I guess, I, I wish, we, I guess we all wish we could be a little more. Um, we could suspend our disbelief a bit more. It's like the ancient aliens thing. It's like, it's even cooler that human beings did it. And it's dumb that we think we're smarter than those human beings in any way because uh, humans are just like the same level of smart all the time, in my opinion. Wait, what do you mean? Just that like people are like, oh, people in the past, like they were able to build these things that like we can't even build them now. It's like, yeah, maybe they didn't have all the technology that we have now, but they could still have even more other ancient technology that we don't know how to do now. So you're saying don't ascribe the magic of the monoliths to aliens because humans and or the marketing department of HBO 
have, you know, <laughs> are ingenious in their own right. <laughs> they can get it done. It's cool. <laughs> it's just like real Stonehenge is cool enough, is what I'm saying. We don't need fake monoliths because real monoliths are amazing. Um, and the fact that like anything that ancient has been standing that long anywhere is cool. Um, this reminds me, there's a fake, there's a fake Stonehenge in Washington state that I, I went to that I've almost blocked from my memory because it was such oh, yeah, a weird experience. Oh yeah, somebody sent me a thing about it. Yeah. It's um, a Mar- uh, Mary Hill, Washington, uh, the American Stonehenge. It's like a super weird wavy gravy town in like Southern Washington, I believe, kind of close to the Oregon border. If my memory serves. So I should serves. move there is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you need to migrate northward because the fires have have pushed everybody out then mary hill washington is the place to be yeah you're saying it's hippy dippy and it has its own stonehenge i am moving there yeah what's the stonehenge made is it like in in a way to recreate it is it made out of like foam or something it's made of concrete uh it's a i guess a world war one memorial um But I recall the vibe, and I'm going to link it here so you guys can see. I recall the vibe in the town being not like, I don't know, I wouldn't have guessed that it was a World War I memorial just because it felt like a very new AG town. Um, oh, there it is. I was very young when I went there, so I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, you know, people love to put up a monolith. I guess. In Nebraska, <laughs> there's also Carhenge. Which I yes. have always wanted to see. Carhenge. Which is yeah. a Stonehenge made out of, of old cars that have been spray painted gray. I just love land art. Give me land art. Well, the thing about Stonehenge that, that people don't understand is that the stones are so heavy that nobody knows how people could have moved yeah. them. The individuals, because they're not, it's not like the pyramids where they're, you know, it's just a, a feat of engineering, but like people are just like literally like, how could anybody have picked that up without? a huge crane or some kind of machinery or something. That's the, that's the mystery of Stonehenge. <laughs> right. One of the things about the pyramids, though, is that they found out that some of the blocks had been cast into specific shapes, I believe. It was like early concrete, mm. uh, which, again, just things they were like, oh, we didn't know that they knew how to do that. It's like, yeah, because you're fucking dumb. You're not... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not as smart as the ancient Egyptians. We only wish we had concrete now. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Monolith sorted. Verdicts in. Um, do you guys have any other favorite episodes of the podcast? We just talked about the Dan Hernandez episode and some of our other cryptid heavy episodes. Oh, I sure do. Yeah. Um, one of the we've talked about this again and again because it was a really memorable uh, arc was the woodworker slash murder board adventure, and that w- that played out over a lot of different episodes. Um, yeah, because just when we thought that the chapter had been closed on the murder board, it opened back up with a new update. And for people who have just recently joined our podcast, uh, we should give you a brief synopsis which is that a man, a woodworker, was um, he had a commission come in to make a Ouija board or a Ouija board out of a piece of wood that um, was supposedly from somehow involved in a murder scene and had bloodstains on it. 
And the commission was canceled because the commissioner's mom, I think, was like, oh, no, you're not going to get a creepy haunted piece of wood in our house. So the woodworker had nothing, had like no idea what to do with this thing. And our listeners called in. We got everyone involved in advising uh, the woodworker on what to do. And eventually the murder board ended up at the Paranormal Museum. Which is, yeah, just like an incredible just kismet of all of our uh, interest in us connecting the right people. (laughs) I love it. It's honestly not just a highlight of our show, but like a highlight of my life (laughs) that that we were at all involved in this. It's a professional achievement, honestly, for all of us. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, that was just like a crazy, like that, that is like, once that started getting going, I was just like, this is why we were doing this podcast. Yes, <laughs> like, this exactly. Um, there was so, yeah, never knew what was going to happen next with you. I <laughs> also really loved um, when we had Carvel on and we talked about like food, forbidden foods, basically like foods that we felt like were unethical to eat. And I think we also talked about seahorses in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was when we were recording at um, this little studio. We were at a different platform and there was just something funny about the studio that we were recording in. Like, I, I just, it was so you little. just had to be there. It I, was really small. It was really hot in there. Oh, that's so a when, whole side podcast. I, the story of our last, our old studio. It, it made me thinking about like every time we had a guest in there, we would all just get like so sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> and then we would just laugh. But the and one I loved with that. Well, the one with Carvel, I remember because I, I would be recording in New York for that. Um, and I, I sometimes it was like hard, especially if there was a guest there. And so I was a lone remote person to like kind of you know, get into the rhythm of it. But like that Carvel one, I just remember feeling like, oh, I was there in the room and I was on, exactly. on the silly vibes with everybody. <laughs> it was, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. 
Anabe, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabe brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. What about you guys? God, I have so many. I think like a little more, I guess this is about a year ago. uh, We did a couple of episodes with Tom O'Neill who wrote Chaos, uh, the the Charles Manson book, um, which was one of my favorite things that we read for this podcast. And both of those episodes are great. One is um, one was a bonus ep, and then one uh, was on the main feed. And he was just like a fascinating guest, and like just our kind of favorite, like you know, like a true journalist who will just like shoot the shit about anything. Um, and he, yeah, and it, it was a fascinating book, and he was just like an endless font of information. Um, and yeah, he was one of my favorite guests for sure. Yeah, he was incredible. Actually, he he. Talking to Tom, you definitely get the sense that he needs his own show or something totally. like that. Totally, yeah. I just like, yeah. I I don't know how he like because that pro- that book was such a long term project and he was working out forever and ever. I don't know how like anybody keeps something like that to themselves. Like, of course, like once it's out, you just want to talk about it endlessly because you've mm-hmm. been like sitting on it for decades or whatever. But yeah, that highly recommend re- revisiting that one. Seems like he had a lot of problems not talking to people about the Manson murders for like 10 years of his life, which I very much understand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I loved, we loved having Darcy Wilder we were talking about. Um, I loved having Nikki Mayer on recently to talk about The Vow. Nikki was awesome. Yeah. That was one of our best recent episodes, I would say. And also did bonus episodes with her too uh, Mm -hmm. about The Vow. Super fun. There is like a good era of like genuine uncut weirdness, courtesy of um, one of our former producers, Rachel Jacobs at Audio Boom. But uh, she was the one who brought to our attention the Plague Mask ASMR, which is a guy on YouTube who whispers at you through a plague mask. And it's this weird sort of scary goth, but also ASMR video audio experience um which just yeah felt like true true dark corners of the internet and it was very fun to get into that with her that's in an episode called kinetic a connecticut muffin in honey brain's court just to give you 
a vibe of the true Dadaism that we were working in. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Uh, Yeah, we've had so many good guests over the years. Meredith Whitaker. I mean, there, yeah, there's so many people. Andrew T. We had a really, really like funny, silly episode. I know. I didn't get to be on the episode with Andrew T. Yeah, that was when I was out. But that was a great episode. Loved listening to it. Next incarnation, Emily, you're not allowed to leave, leave the <laughs> Never. studio zone. Yeah. No traveling for you. No. All right. Let's get back into the voicemail bag. I can't decide if it's a bag or a box. It's both and neither. Hi, Night Calls. This is Zach calling from Maine. Uh, I was gutted to hear about the pod coming to an end. It really offered something different in my weekly routine, and I'm so sad to see it go. I was wondering if you could send us off with some recommendations on ways to begin to start to or try to fill the cosmic void left by Night Call fading into the ether. Thanks again for so many good years, and I wish you all the best. Bye. Great question. <laughs> How do we fill our own cosmic void? <laughs> well, I mean, there are some a, a couple of really obvious to me answers, one of which is Molly's uh, upcoming pod also from, from I Heart, which I know you announced on Twitter, Molly, but if you want to give a little more of a teaser. Oh, sure. I am doing a podcast about uh, Hollywood Madam Heidi Fleiss that I'm super excited about. That is my new uh, Under the Silver Lake-like obsession, uh, a lifelong obsession that I'm excited to make a podcast about. Um, it's going to be a lot of weird LA history and stuff like that, too. So definitely, if you like Night Call, check it out. Um, it'll be out next year. That's going to be great. I wanted to recommend uh, Kate Raft's podcast, um, Hot and Rich, which is a uh, three times a week Twitch show on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Twitch. Um, at Hot and Rich. Um, friend of the show, is, Kate Raft. Friend of the F- show, Kate Raft. specialist. Um, does, yeah, she does a great celebrity news roundup um, talk show that I think is just really cool and funny. And um, also Joan Haley Ford, who we had on the show um, pretty recently, has done, does some really great like Twitch horror hosting kind of stuff, like Elvira kind of stuff. Um, she was doing a show about fall called fall talk, fall chat. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people doing cool, weird, interesting stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of more like straight podcasts that I listen to. Um, I like citations needed, which is a media criticism podcast that is, is really good. Well, I would say my more recent, like listen to them right away. Um, podcasts that I've been listening to recently um, are former guests Justin Charity and Micah Peters's podcast Sound Only on the Ringer Network, which is um, it's a pop culture podcast. It's a, very specific to their interests in a way that's not exactly the same as ours, but I think is similar in spirit, where they're like really into s- uh, some zones of pop culture, mostly like anime, uh, hip-hop, and uh, just, like, internet weirdness. Um, And they're really fun. Like, their conversations are always really fun and digressive and stuff. Um, I am a big fan of that one. I also... This is just, like, in the realm of 
of like listening to something and learning something I had no idea about. There's a great podcast called Bad Gaze. It's on, I think it's third season. It's like more kind of, you just are listening to somebody kind of in the style of of Karina Longworth's podcast and a couple of the iHeart podcasts. Like you kind of are just like hearing a story. It's a story being told to you about different problematic or complicated uh, queer figures in history. And there's always something fascinating that, that I learn in every episode. Um, and they do a really good job with that, the hosts of that. And then on the non-podcast side, Megan Garvey just started a Substack. Everybody started a Substack. But I think that she's put out one issue so far. Um, I feel like it's going to have some good spooky vibes, some good like weird Americana vibes that is definitely adjacent to the night call state of mind. So I would recommend that. It's called Scary, Cool, Sad, Goodbye. And you can hop in now and be an early adopter. Those are good recs. Um, I really like Creature Feature Pod, which is also on iHeart. Um, friend of Pod, Katie is is really fascinating and cool. And then in the same vein of as that, um, Ologies, Friend of Pod, Ali Ward's podcast. I am sure everyone already knows about Ologies because it's way more famous than Night Call. But uh, I love Ologies. It's a really cool group of people. Their their listenership reminds me of ours uh, in many ways. And I know that because I belong to the Facebook group and I'm very, I actively read all of that. Um, I also really love C. Jane Marie at substack.com, um, friend of pod. Jane Marie's substack is really, really good. She's just cool. We yeah. love her. Yeah. Um, those her, are my recs. Her interests often align with ours. Yeah. And I she's very like no bullshit yeah. You know, she has a Friday bargain bin thing, and I don't normally like those, but I read every word because I just love how <laughs> she's very frank. It's it's refreshing. I like it. She's such a Midwesterner. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell. Totally. Uh, speaking of the Midwest, um, yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost like, do I need to start a freaking Substack? Everybody's you doing do. one. Oh my god, yours. Yeah, yours. Um, I think we had a shout out to that in a call. So maybe I'm repeating myself. Yeah, shout out to the weather letter. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's a tiny letter. It's it's just just a tiny letter. Subscribe to Tessa's weather letter if you don't. That is. It's just, I've been told it's like too sad. No, it's great. Um, No. (laughs) It can be quite sad. It's the cheers Uh, of tiny letters. It is the cheer. Well, that's a huge compliment. Uh, So I can't agree. (laughs) But uh, thank you. Making your way in the world today takes everything Everything you got. got. Everything you got. I wish we could play the Cheers theme song at some point on this episode. I think Doug will agree we're probably allowed to sing it. (laughs) (laughs) You can sing it. Maybe we'll do that on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that is about all we got. (laughs) <laughs> it's everything we got yeah i'm i'm gonna be really sad to say goodbye to night call but i also feel like it has been and i hope that our listeners feel this way as well it's been such a, a like cornucopia of cool shit that i never would have spent time thinking about or learning about if I hadn't been podcasting with Tess and Molly and have this excuse to gather around a microphone every week and 
and get into the weird corners of the world. It sounds coded to say the word inspiration, but it's true. Like there's no other word for it because I've been like actually inspired by the stuff that we've gotten into, like by where my brain goes when we're talking about it. I've like written things based on stuff that we've talked about. It's just, it's like what I would want out of a partnership like this, a show like this, especially as a host and hopefully as a listener, you got that out of it as well. I definitely agree. And I think, um, one of the other things that we we don't talk about a lot on the podcast, but we when we podcasted together at Grantland, we were employees. And I'm really, I, I don't want to say I'm proud of us because I already called my weather letter the cheers of newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am toot really proud of us. Yeah, toot toot. Because <laughs> it's, you know, we're three friends and I, I'm really proud of how well we've worked together. And I, you know, am very, I'm so happy that we had this experience. It's been so awesome. And I'm even more excited to see what Emily and Molly do because uh, they really are just incredible people. and just very, very, the smartest people I know. I'm very proud to have worked with you guys. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Here come the waterworks. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'll always be grateful that Emily asked if we wanted to do a podcast at Grantland, um, a show that the network originally suggested calling Grantland W. No, I suggested it and it was a joke. And then I realized nobody <laughs> would get the joke. <laughs> It was supposed to be bad. <laughs> I will take ownership. <laughs> then became Girls in Hoodies and then came back as Night Call. We're obviously open to leaving the door open for another iteration in the far off future. But at the very least, I have made Tess and Emily promise that we will do an Eagles style Hell Freezes <laughs> Over reunion concert. With mountains of blow. With mountains oh, of blow. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about like who the different Night Call uh, members are in different bands. Because I was like, well, which Eagles are we? I feel like, uh, Tess, I think you're Don Henley. Really? Yeah, I think you're Don Henley, Emily's Glenn Frey, and I think I'm Joe Walsh. <laughs> I mean, I'm tempted to agree. <laughs> Just, but that's also because I um, have a, a connection to uh, the end of the innocence and oh, other yeah. Don Henley, Don Henley solo exploits. Great, boys. Of I'm embarrassing that way. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> and Glenn Frey is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about how just like every I was watching a, a Blackpink video and I was like, oh, it's so funny how every K-pop group has a left eye. Like, I love that about it. <laughs> somebody was like, you're obviously the left eye. And uh, Emily is T-Boz and Tess is Chili. Sure thing. And I was like, oh, that's true. And then, yeah, I just couldn't stop thinking about like how how the personality archetypes go with different bands. I hope that people continue to submit their suggestions of who we are in various trios or bands (laughs) forevermore. (laughs) But just keep in mind that we've got a Libra, a Virgo, and a Capricorn. Yeah. And that really all we're doing is just talking about astrology when we talk about who we are. I mean, it just, there's the immutable fact of astrology. Yeah. You have to take the astrology into account. That's how all bands should be formed is around uh yes yeah you to look at your charts 
Just like yeah. in Spinal Tap. Uh. <laughs> Stonehenge, bringing it back to Stonehenge. Bringing it back to Stonehenge. <laughs> um, I was reading about the tiny Stonehenge um, in Spinal Tap was inspired by Black Sabbath tried to have a Stonehenge, but it was like too big. <laughs> so they couldn't even get it on stage. Uh, it's still, I will still watch the clip of that sometimes and just laugh and laugh. It never gets old to me. It's the best. <laughs> Lowering down tiny Stonehenge. Um, Fine holiday fun. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think I remember we we got together and did an episode of North Mollywood. I feel like like in the dark days of like January 20, 2017 and we were very much in like bunker mindset and like, what are we going to do? Like, you know. And I think that's sort of where I would say the germ of Night Call started from, even though it was about a year until we put out our first episode. That I think that kind of is where we got the gears started turning and we're like, okay, we're going to like bring it back, but it's got to be like, it's got to be really specific around <laughs> our needs and our, and our interests in an incredibly weird time. Not that there's any unweird time, but I think it was just more in our face at that moment. And it was all something it was something we all wanted to talk about, the dystopia of it all. Strange days and lonely nights. 100%. Yeah, we obviously aren't saying that the dystopia is in any way over now. Um, uh, no, clearly not. not. <laughs> we're not. I hope that nobody took that away from like we're like, oh, Joe Biden won, so uh, it's all good. Everything's normal now. Uh, <laughs> that is absolutely not what's yeah, happened. It's here. entirely <laughs> coincidental timing. We're not abandoning you for the next phase of the dystopia, <laughs> which will be extremely weird in its own way. Yeah, seriously. Um, no, we're just uh, we're gonna see what the next phase looks like, and then you know we you know throw up the night call light, and we all might come to the rescue again, <laughs> like moths. Yes, like mod moths. I was thinking like Batman, but yes, also <laughs> like moths, like moths around the Luxor pyramid at night. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we want to end the show with a bunch of thank yous because there are so many people that we couldn't have done this show without and people who have been supporters of the show for a long time or short time, any time at all, we appreciate you've all in your own way made the show what it is. This is going to be like play the exit music like we're at an award show. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, so... Um, first of all, we got to thank Doug Bohm, our producer, who has just who's just been with us for a little while, but it's just been such a joy to work with and has so many ideas and has been honestly like I'm 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 sad to I'm I'm very sad to say goodbye to Doug, but thanks Doug. Yeah, thank you Doug. You uh, Doug's really been an amazing person who's really gotten our show. Um we should also definitely thank Jack O'Brien. Uh he brought us to iHeart. He was a big fan of Girls in Hoodies back in the day. And sometimes when people say that, you're like, I don't think you've actually listened to the show, but <laughs> Jack totally had and did. Um, we also absolutely love Joelle, yes. producer Joelle Monique. She was phenomenal. Um, and she still has shows at iHeart, so you should listen to them all and support her because she's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
She's also, Shay Serrano. Shay has course. been such a big, like, I don't know, just a booster of us. He was he really got the word out of our, about our Patreon early on and has just been so generous with his platform, as they say. Um, we love Shay. Uh, thank you. Also love Sophie Lichterman at Iahart and Anna Hosnier. Like, truly miss going to the studio and saying hi to them and playing yeah. with the dogs. <laughs> um, it's one thing I miss about the podcast is actually getting into a studio with you And guys, just like but. fulfilling our dream of making it from a weird alleyway in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and taking like so many sodas, oh just stuffing them in the purses. <laughs> yeah. That was maybe just me. Um, um, we also got to thank our other producer, Zach McKeever, Um and our original producer at Audio Boom, Ben Hosley. Shout out uh, to Ben, the Ben Deucer. Thanks to David Sims and Griffin Newman, who yeah. brought uh, Emily into Audio Boom, which is how the show got started. Um, yeah. And also to our producer, Rachel Jacobs. The fabulous Rachel. Such a Rachel was ch- amazing. Such a champ. Uh, we loved her work, it was great. She made the Night Call Museum, and it looked exactly like we would have wanted it to look. It was such a great treat that she did for us. Um, shout out to Miles Gray, who, along with Jack O'Brien, made iHeart seem like a really fun place to do this show when we were first Amen. getting over here. Thank you to, uh, you must remember, this is Karina Longworth, a longtime friend and fan. Two-time uh, guest, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah podcasting legend featured yes. on an episode of the simpsons this year at a pod, <laughs> as a podcaster in a, um, in a mount rushmore of podcasters uh <laughs> we, we were lucky enough to get her on our show so thanks to karina thanks to ryan johnson who was a guest at our first ever live event and has always been a supporter of the show and also a guest on the pod he was on our contact episode yeah thanks for our legendary live event and seance at tay yeah. Which, um, yeah. Where everyone had to pledge allegiance to Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a lark. <laughs> Not tempting fate or anything. That was kind of the original devil's tritone under the episode. Right. Everyone's like, like, surprise. What? We did yeah. not bargain for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've just had so many fabulous guests in general. Also, Amy Mann, who was another guest at another live show, uh, and was. So game for it. Uh, so much fun. Thanks to my, yeah, thanks to my friend Emma Cunningham, who did table magic yeah. at several oh, of yeah. our live shows. But yeah, she was just like the fourth night caller at our live shows because she was just like, she would do our sound, help with our sound. She would uh, do magic. She was just like, yeah. She was great. <laughs> doing it's also it all. fun to think about a time when we could do close magic. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, close magic. More guests, so many guests that we have and have loved, and but this is by no means an exhaustive list. Uh, but we love all our guests. Yeah, Jane Marie, Ali Ward, um, Tom O'Neill, Colin Dickey, uh, 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 Carvel Wallace, Claire Evans, Brandy Brown, our 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 Butter Queen, uh, Dan Hernandez, Richard Lawson, who I think was like, was he our first guest? I think so early been. on. Yeah, that was, yeah. Shout out to Richard. Love Richard. Another great Richard, Richard Rushfield, um, with one of the scary, who provided us one of our scariest episodes, I would say. Great ghost story. Andrew T., Rachel True, 
Oh my God, the list goes on and on. Chris and Elizabeth Cantwell, another power couple. We had a lot of power couples who both guested on our show. Yeah. Sadie Dupuis, Meredith Whitaker, Robert Evans, Katie Golden, Jane Marie. Wait, we said Jane Anderson Marie. Oh, Ace- <laughs> uh, whoops. We'll just Look say Jane that. Marie twice. She yeah. deserves she it. She deserves yeah, it. Yeah, Jane does. Marie again. Um, oh my God, Roy and- from Garden of Sound. So I got to give it up to Roy. Like Roy was just so great. And uh, I think Roy may have like spoken one or two words on an episode of our podcast. Yeah. Maybe. I think so. But he was a total night call guy. Yeah, yeah. he was great. He t- we talked a lot after episodes about stuff we'd talked about on the episodes. And I also miss just shooting the shit with Roy after recording an episode. I miss that too. Um, all of our producers, um, we've been lucky to have some of the greatest producers yeah. in the world. And yeah. been lucky to truly, have people who just like get our show. People who get the show and, you know, a lot of people who've had to take reins from other people and, and really, you know, seamlessly made the show feel like it was all one thing. Um, but there was a lot of work behind the scenes that went into that. So thank you so much to all yeah. of our producers. Yes. We also should just say thank you to some of our night callers who we've gotten to know. Um, night caller Francisco, then Mr. Eric Hoffman, John Martins, my kid Emmett, who uh, <laughs> talked <laughs> talked on a podcast one time. Um, there are so many of you, yeah. Meg. Like it, th- we just love you guys so much, and, and uh, everybody who supports the Patreon, which a lot of people we've already mentioned, but also John Flansburg and Robin. Uh, thrilled to, to see. You guys pop up on the list oh my god we also have to thank songfinch dude songfinch <laughs> the the most disappointed i've ever been in my life i think is that songfinch wasn't like all right guys we're just gonna sponsor your whole podcast so we're just gonna finch have show. you guys be the songfinch ambassadors we'll write a new song uh, for you every episode <laughs> like they made us such a good song i still we like, should play oh, it man. here just yeah, a little we bit. I put the link in there. We go. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not often that you get a, a sponsor that makes you want to devote an entire segment of your show to what they did because that was incredible. I can't believe it was like only a year ago we were doing weird stop motion, scary 80s puppet movies. Oh, yeah, Whoa, the Baroque, Baroque 80s. Yeah. Followed by by weird CGI. Wow, that was a year ago? Oh my God, yeah. that's crazy. Time yeah. is time makes no sense. Uh, time is like the lawnmower man. So dramatic. Sounds like Jason disasters. Molly love the valley, send you articles that freak you out. Emily got the remedy. Film and music critic, she could be Abercorns or Libra. We just tell her like it's gonna be. We back like we never left. Like we never left, like we never left, like we never left. Now I get tuned into the best. 
I mean, it goes on, but you get the gist. The funniest part of that song is that it's like, Emily's going to one day be like a movie critic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you already were. <laughs> I know. Because we put in the prompt and I was like, I'm a Like, they're just like, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I was a movie critic at the time. And they're like, she could be. <laughs> one day. If she plays Fingers all her crossed. cards right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that I can't think of a better way to go out than with with that that tune by the great Rich Lowe at Song Finch. <laughs> we'll be back like we never left. Yeah. Maybe one day, like we never Again. left. Yeah, Thank I feel you. Like all. I can't make you sing the cheer song after that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, thanks everybody for sharing your strange days and lonely nights with us. We've we've loved it more than anything. And we're going to miss everybody. We'll see you soon. Like we never left. Making your way in the world today. Taking a break from all your worries. Sure, sure would help, help a lot. lot. <laughs> Wouldn't would you, you like, like to get, to get, get away? away? Sometimes you want to go. go, 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 go You want to be where you can see people troubles are, all, all, the are same. all the same. Troubles and people are all the same. <laughs> you want to be where everybody knows your name. Hey, I'm actually a first-time caller and also, ironically, a first-time listener. I followed all of you on Twitter for years and really enjoyed Grantland back in the day, so I don't know what it was about today, but I was like, no, I'm going to finally listen to Night Call, and it was a little bit of a gut punch to get to the end and find out you're ending it, but um, I'm just wanted to say that you all are great. Um, I love this podcast. I'm very excited to get to the backlog of all the episodes that I have in front of me now, and what in your future endeavors. Um, it was just weird to experience that, but yeah. I'm excited for everything I said for you all. So good luck and thanks for making such a great show. I'm sorry I was so late to it. Um, bye now. Hey, night callers. Uh, this is John in Chicago. I called in early on in the life of the show with the story about the Hat Man, uh, which was fun. <laughs> Just wanted to say thank you for the community of weirdos you've cultivated. Uh, really enjoyed. All three of you as writers and cultural voices since the Girls in Hoodies days. And while I'm sad the pod is ending, I'm excited to see what each of you does next. Take care and be safe. Listeners, this is Jack from Network. Longtime listener, first time night caller. I just wanted to thank you guys for creating what you created here. It gave me one of my favorite podcasts. I couldn't be a, a bigger fan of y'all and the vibe you created with this show. The world felt uh, more mysterious and more interesting uh, after every episode I listened to. You guys will be missed, but you created something great. I'm proud to have been involved in a small part of making some of it. And now I bid you adieu. So excited and uh, so grateful for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Night Call. This is Zach calling from Maine. 
Uh, I was gutted to hear about the pod coming to an end. It really offered something different in my weekly routine, and I'm so sad to see it go. I was wondering if you could send us off with some recommendations on ways to begin to start to or try to fill the cosmic void left by night call fading into the ether. Uh, thanks again for so many good years, and I wish you all the best. Bye. Hey, Night Call. It is 1234 in upstate New York, and I just finished listening to this week's episode. And when I heard the announcement at the end, I just had to call and say thank you for being the best part of my Mondays during our dystopian reality. I'm a Patreon subscriber, and I would always look forward to the mixes and bonus pods and night letters each month. Our days are going to be a little bit more strange, and our nights are going to be a little bit more lonely without night call in our ears but thank you so much for everything you've given us as sad as i am this pod is ending i will be sure to tune in and listen to or watch or read anything the three of you are involved with in the future that's it just wanted to say thanks and uh save me a spot at the commune bye night call hi it's christina i god i had so many more night calls that like I needed to call you about. I'm like, oh, I just like didn't, oh, I didn't get around to it. But anyway, like, okay. Like the time I went on like a job interview to the wax museum and it was like a three hour job interview. And then they ghosted me and they like never called me back. But like, then I started having dreams that I would get up in the morning and like go to work at the wax museum and like brush out wigs all day. And they were like really boring dreams, but it went on for like a year and then Oh, also earlier in the summer, um, they rebuilt the suicide railing on the Golden Gate Bridge and they accidentally turned the bridge into like a wind harp and it started playing the devil's tritone in like the sky and like the sky was howling, but like no one was talking about it because there was like um, other stuff happening. Um, but anyway, I, oh my God, I guess while I have you in this brief moment when I still have you, what I'm asking is, um, should I sue the Wax Museum? And like, please be aware that I'm going to sue them regardless. And um, I'm also suing you for leaving me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I like you. Bye. Hi, Nicole. Uh, my name is Miles. I'm in LA. Uh, I was raised uh, in the Valley, actually. Uh, 818 um, Anyway, uh, first things first, I'm super bummed to hear the show's ending, you guys. Uh, have been something that I consistently look forward to listening to on a weekly basis. Um, and I've really, really enjoyed everything you guys have done on the show. You actually are the ones that uh, inspired me to start my own podcast. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, it's been going strong for about two years, and I have you guys to thank for it. Uh, anyway, I'm just uh, wanted to call in real quick to um, talk about what Mara Wilson said on the show last week. I also was a child actor um, until I was uh, about college age, and I really, a lot of things she said resonated with me um, in terms of, you know, the way that children and child actors in particular can be very, very vulnerable without realizing it, and then they hit a certain age where, you know, um, they they kind of have to turn that off in order to continue to exist as an adult in the real world. Um, and it really kind of 
fucked me up uh, as an adult because there was a period of time where I uh, stopped having emotions, basically. I had to really, like, turn myself off completely, um, and it's taken a lot of years of therapy for me to kind of, you know, get back to the point where if someone compliments me or shows me affection, uh, it doesn't completely send me into a tailspin, um, and uh, I beat myself up for just you know, existing, basically. <laughs> um, it's really a problem, uh, and I'm working on it, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, I, I was so open emotionally as a child actor that I kind of had to go 180 in the opposite direction uh, when I got older. Anyway, um, again, thanks for everything, guys, and I really look forward to see what you come up with next. Take care. Hi, Nicole. Um, this is my first time calling in. I recently actually just discovered the podcast and have been binging it for the last like two weeks or so um so like obviously super sad that you guys are leaving but i did want to call and tell you uh my kind of crazy dream story that um i've been telling to anyone who will listen since it happened um about like eight years ago so i lived in Boston where I went to college and I lived there several years after um, and so I was up there one summer for the entire summer and basically like I got a job working for my school and they put us up in student housing so I was like sleeping in this like very uh, creepy kind of like super high density dorm that was built by someone who also makes prisons it's called Warren Towers um just totally creepy vibe um but basically I had this dream that night that I was laying down on the grass in like a big big grassy area where a bunch of people were tending to their cattle and they were all dressed in what I would imagine would be clothing that pilgrims would have worn. Um, and it was a beautiful day, like gorgeous summer day, not a cloud in the sky, when all of the sudden just a big, big, big black darkness kind of fell over the entire area and everyone was running around screaming crazy, like dropping to their knees and praying. Um, and then I woke up and just like, kind of started to go about my day so just kind of like for some background like I have really intense dreams to begin with um I also have really bad sleep paralysis and have like had a number of lucid dreams so me having like kind of really weird intense vivid dreams isn't out of the ordinary but something felt very like distinct about this um but anyway like woke up left this like creepy dorm that I was living in and I went to like a farmer's market slash like food truck sort of thing um, with a bunch of friends and we went to a coffee shop, sat down to um, just like, you know, get some water and cool off and everything. And the Boston Globe was next to me, uh, like the kind of the remnants that someone had kind of rifled through and I started to just kind of flip through it and then got to the section of the newspaper where they have the day like this day in history where they kind of list the same things ladies uh this is matt from los altos just uh wanted to i've actually wanted to call you guys for a while but i'm a lazy procrastinator 
this podcast has been really cool. I haven't want to listen to every single episode, but I plan on doing that before the end of 2021. I uh, just want to make a few random notes. Uh, episode 39, you talked about traumatic movies. Uh, mine would probably be RoboCop. I think RoboCop was brought up in that episode. Um, I, I, I watched it with my mother at home because I really wanted to go see RoboCop 2 in theaters uh, because, as you'll recall, RoboCop had a cartoon show and a toy line and a comic book. Uh, <laughs> it was for kids. Uh, but so I thought that I probably learned every swear word in the book watching that movie. Um, and no, the scenes of ultra violence, I was curled up in my mother's arms, uh, avoiding, uh, the screen and, and crying, obviously. Um, let's see, uh, love listening to you guys uh, talk about Valley of the Dolls. Um, I read the book too, watched the movie. Um, I've always thought that title. The title has always been cool to me. Valley of the Dolls. I don't know. It's, it's evocative for some reason. Um, love your plastic surgery episodes. Uh, from earlier this year, uh, Minnesota State Fair episode was a lot of fun. Um, uh, like everybody else, I, uh, uh, I'm trying to make this quick. Um, yeah, it's been a great podcast. Um, what else could I have to say? Uh, can't wait for... You know, followed you guys since the Grand Royal days, and uh, can't wait to see uh, what you guys are going to do next. Uh, thanks so much for this. Bye. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.